Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena, 16-time WWE champ, saying support WrestleTalk, because they talk about wrestling, and I like it. So do us all a favor and subscribe, please. And thank you. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Ramble Podcast. I am Luke Owen. Unfortunately, Ollie Davis has already stepped out of the recording booth because he's an important businessman and has got important business stuff to do. But I thought I would just come in here quickly and introduce you to the podcast because we're going to be talking about the Royal Rumble. So we're going to dive straight into the podcast here and we're talking about the men's Royal Rumble first, going through all of the uh, the entrants and eliminations, giving our thoughts on the match. And then after the Patreon ad break, we're going to talk about the show overall, going through the pre-show, the WWE Championship match, the Universal Championship match, the two tag team championship matches, and of course, the Women's Royal Rumble with, spoilers, the debut of Ronda Rousey. Let's get on with the show. And holy moly, we said after NXT TakeOver Philadelphia, nothing's going to touch that night that WWE will put on on the Sunday. And to be brutally honest, it didn't. But it was still really good. You surpassed our low expectations, WWE, and then some. What a men's Royal Rumble match. We're going to talk about that now, and then we're going to do a play-by-play of the entire card after that. So uh, skip ahead and timestamps down below. So we haven't talked at no. all about this. We've just come straight into the studio cold. Well, this is why this is a very Literally exciting. Uh, it is cold in here. This is quite quite an exciting uh, wrestle ramble for me because I don't know if we've ever done a wrestle ramble where I don't know your thoughts mm. on a show because usually, like you know, we text each other. We come. We're in the studio in the morning, so we have a bit of a chat over a cup of tea. None of that because mm. I got into the studio about half an hour ago before we came in to record this because I watched the show live I went to my buddy's house to watch it live um, and then I had a couple of hours kip and then came into the studio but I had no idea what your thoughts were so it was actually quite exciting for you to just enthusiastically introduce the match then as like one of the best male rumbles of all time. Yeah, I guess we now have to uh, notify it by gender. You certainly do. Jonder. Jonder, yes. Um, Jonder is uh, a crap gimmick um, mm. uh, entrant, perhaps. Waiting to happen. Waiting to happen. Because I'm also very much in agreement that this might be one of the best 
uh, male Royal Rumbles mm. of of all the time, of all the history time. Uh, I mean, my favourites are things like the 2001 Rumble. That's one that really sticks in my mind. The 2004 Rumble, though, it's like slightly tainted a little bit now, but I remember that being a particularly great Rumble. But like at the 92 Rumble, we have to say the 92 Rumble, obviously. even though that was before our time. But we, when, when people comment otherwise. You go back and watch it though, and it's just like it's a masterpiece. It's really oh, good. It's such a wonderful it's, bit of storytelling. You know, the wrestling's sloppy as all hell, <laughs> but, but it's, it's like story-wise, it's very good. And uh, Macho Man eliminates himself. It's brilliant. Yeah. But this, I, I loved every single moment in this. I have every single. Moment? I, I, I'm, I mean, I haven't gone back and rewatched it. I haven't gone back and replayed it in my head. So I'm going to be excited to do that now. But thinking about it, I was like, I can't think of a moment in this rumble that I was like, that was rubbish, that was a bit naff, with the exception of possibly Matt Hardy eliminating Rusev. Because you're like, you're trying to get this man cheered. Why would you have him eliminate Rusev? I've I've got two, two massive ones. <laughs> two massive I, ones. And I love That's the what match. she said. I love the match, but uh, two, two very significant flaws, I thought. But should we go from the top? Let's do this as a play-by-play. Uh, the match. But, Let me get my notes. So I did. Uh, I did um, do the star ratings again. The <gasps> douchebag star ratings. Lovely. Because people wanted them. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not forcing this upon you. A lot of people say we like the star ratings. So of course, uh, prerequisite. There's been a half star knocked off of everything because it's not in the Tokyo Dome. So. I gave this match four and a half stars. So it's not quite as good as uh, Johnny Gargano versus Andrade. (laughs) Not even in the same league. Uh, (laughs) But it was very, very good. So it kicked off with Jerry the King Lawler coming down with his King entrance music. The commentary was really bad across the show. Okay, so yeah, I mean... Potential complaints about the match aside, which may come up as we talk about Mm. this. The commentary was horrendous yeah this might just be a very small bugbear on my part but i feel like i'm not the only person that gets wound up by this whereas as soon as music hits michael cole just reams off a load of facts and it's like this is their fourth royal rumble last year's royal rumble they were in there for 48 minutes blah, 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 blah. and it just makes the whole thing feel like a scripted because he's just sat there with all of his notes in front of him he knows the running order so then when someone comes out so surprised you're like well, how are you surprised because you've got all these facts in front of you mm-hmm. about the last time they were in royal rumbles and all this sort of guy maybe he's got loads of facts <laughs> and got... he's very good at finding them he's a professional he's just sat there with the wwe uh, encyclopedia mm-hmm. just flicking mm-hmm. through trying to find them as quickly as possible he's like johnny five from short Circle. So I, I found Michael Cole particularly grating, and I don't say this very often, but God bless Jerry the King Lawler. He was a ray of light. I was going to say that. I'm he, glad you said it. I, I thought think, I was going to be the only no, one. No, I, I enjoyed he was, Lawler. He was great. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. thank goodness he was here because him, Corey, and Byron were absolutely wonderful mm. together. But then Michael Cole was just like dragging us down with his awful Michael Coleness. It, this wasn't the worst that Cole was. Um, I thought it was particularly bad during the uh, the tag match that followed and the, uh, the the Universal Championship match. But yeah, Michael Cole had a bad night. And it's good that Jerry was only doing the men's because he couldn't contain himself doing the women's one. 30 women? Puppies oh, everywhere. Especially all the returning women. <laughs> Might start getting Attitude Era flashbacks. Anyway, the actual Royal Rumble match started... Aiden English walked out and I thought oh, they're doing Luke's fantasy booking did you think the I same? I the same thing I <laughs> shouted to my friend called it yeah. called it 
but a lot like a lot of stuff happened <laughs> that we booked in our uh, things so that's, that's, be, that's because WWE watch yeah, our yeah, videos watch obviously yeah, you're welcome for getting such a good rumble this year <laughs> uh, so it was Rusev Day and Rusev Day by quite some distance was the most over thing on the entire card not just this match for a great crowd the Philadelphia crowd were, were super hot all, all the way through not, apart from well, that's not their that's fault not the that, that match. absolutely is not their fault and that, that's maybe a complaint to have about the show overall mm. is the, 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 the pacing and placing stuff sure. on the card but we can talk about that a bit later on but there was a great moment with the Philadelphia crowd did you uh, so did you watch the kickoff show? yes obviously you did you big professional you because I watched it live obvs um during the final like three or four minutes, the Philadelphia crowd were counting along with the countdown timer for when the show starts <laughs> every time at ten, and then when they got to one, would go, and the entire audience would do the buzzer sound. I laughed every single time they mm. did it. There are people. <laughs> there are people. Let's uh, just hope it doesn't get over though, because if they start doing that with with count ring counts and stuff, it's going to get trying. Yeah. So. Aiden English, but he actually introduced Rusev and Rusev Day. He's so over, and he looks so happy, and he looked great. Oh, he looks so good. And, and he was really, like, ramping up the crowd. And who comes out second but Finn Balor, who was my second. I had him as the Iron Man and eventual winner in my role. You certainly did. Although, um, yeah, I had Aiden English, but it was uh, Aiden English would actually come later yeah. in the match. But I, I really like that we got Rusev and Balor here, because this really felt like two guys you haven't seen wrestle in... Mm. in I mean, I don't think they've ever actually locked horns on the on the main roster. So this was re- actually a really nice change of scenery. And they had some really great back and forth stuff uh, before the third entrant came in. Who was Rhino, who got a nice ECW Philadelphia pop. Mm-hmm. Then we got Baron Corbin. I really liked Baron Corbin's book in here. They got him out very quickly, but it was a freak elimination. So you don't harm him there. It was like a surprise. And then to reassert his status, he took out everyone. He took out uh, Rhino, Rusev and Finn Balor. So everyone's left in the ring or outside the ring. And then Heath Slater comes down, who's the number five entrance, and he takes out Slater as well. Yeah, with so, a wicked clothesline. Yeah. So everyone's down, which was the perfect space for number six, Elias, to walk in and do a full on yeah. a little concert bit. And he was super over. And when he walked down, he just he saw Heath Slater and he just kicked him as he was down. This... Okay, so this was my might be one of my all-time favorite Rumble spots. That is, is ridiculous. Is Heath Slater trying to get oh, into okay. the Rumble? Oh, okay. In that, and I'm my only complaint about it, and this is such a minor complaint. I wish they'd stretched it out longer. Mm. I wanted Slater to like a fi- like once like the number thirty entrant or whoever won the Rumble had won it. And then Slater just manages to climb into the ring. Santino and, style. And then just get eliminated in one second. That would have been the perfect way to end this. As it happened, they actually did a really good uh, conclusion to this. But I just loved poor old Heath Slater down there. Mm. And every time a new person came in, just gave him a little kick, threw him into the dashboards. Just him, And it's perfect because he's wearing this T-shirt that says, I've got kids. Mm. And they wouldn't let him in the rumble. It was very, very good. <laughs> very very funny. funny. And it had like, you, you were actually rooting for the guy. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. Uh, comedic storytelling number seven Andrade Cien Almas what a surprise this was a genuine shock yes. for me absolutely and I was really and he got a great showing mm. he was after in the Rumble yeah. he was in the Rumble for ages and as, as you're right uh, and you know, after last night's match and they were really putting over how great that match was on commentary 
you know, in their scripted format. But mm. they they really put over the, that, which I, I thought was a really nice touch. And it was great to see the NXT champion get a good showing yeah. in the Men's Royal Rumble. Still selling as well, mm-hmm. his injuries. Then we had Bray Wyatt, who, you know, he also kicked Heath Slater. Uh, didn't really do much. Then number nine, Big E Langston. <laughs> Langston? That was a bit retro. Just Big E. <laughs> I don't know where Langston came from. You're Raw 25. You just retro like that. Yeah. And retro overload. Elias Samson was in the, uh, <laughs> in the thing. Uh, Ty, Ty Dillinger. Of course he's at number 10. But Crowd are going wild. Was but, he? Yeah, exactly. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn uh, cuts backstage. They're beating him up. So Ty Dillinger can't go in. And Sami's like, I've got this. And runs in. Of course, because Kevin Owens was, was kayfabe sort of injured his leg uh, which is kind of I had Ty Dillinger coming out at 10 but Baron Corbin t- took him out hmm. and then I had Sammy well they entered as a joint thing so yeah I, I liked that um, a question for you on this sure. um, one that might I find maybe potentially troubling the way they lingered on the shot of Kevin hmm. when Sammy said it's okay I've got this are they going to start teasing dissension between these two already I really hope not. Yeah. Uh, and how many times have we seen stuff like this that WWE just drop? Oh God! Why? So yeah. I, I'm, I'm hoping that this is an example of bad storytelling for the better. <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. hope so. Uh, then Sheamus came out, and uh, after finally that, this is when Slater finally gets in the ring, and he immediately eliminates Sheamus, who just got in there. Yeah, which on was his very, birthday. Very funny. Yeah, it was Sheamus's birthday and he got eliminated uh, like in a couple of seconds it was very funny yeah uh and then xavier woods came out apollo cruz then at the eventual winner number 14 shinsuke nakamura who had a great little run and the crowd was super into him singing his song yeah for ages yeah and the ring is filling up now and then uh, nakamura and zane i i Sort of wish Nakamura and Zayn got a little longer, mm. but uh, Nakamura eliminated Zayn, so Zayn think, was hardly in there. I think it was it was hard for them to do stuff because there were so many bodies in the ring. You mm. kind of like you your playing field very much shrinks um, when you're trying to do these sorts of spots. But I thought they they did some really great stuff. Although Nakamura again had a really great showing in this. Mm. Then we got Cesaro at number fifteen, Kofi Kingston, which meant all of the New Day are now in the ring. Then we got Jinder Mahal. Uh, Cesaro eliminated Cruz at this point. So and, and, Nakam- and Nakamura eliminated Sammy. I haven't uh, kept track of uh, who's getting eliminated. It's okay. You've got it. You've I've got, got it. it. I've got it in my notes right here. Uh, so, the, But the crowd just wants to chant Rusev Day. <laughs> so that they're just going Rusev Day crazy. Jinder uh, seems to continue the Xavier Woods feud where he's taken out members of the New Day. So Jinder eliminates both Xavier Woods and Big E. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Seth Rollins comes in and, and, and he eliminates Cesaro, Cesaro ahead of their match later on. Uh, this is where Kofi has his big spot, elimination spot, where he gets eliminated by Jinder, but he was he he stands his, on Xavier Woods. His foot lands on Xavier Woods' leg, so his Woods is pointing at it mm. and telling the refs his foot hasn't touched the floor. And then Big E, in a moment of genius, put down a tray of pancakes him to put his foot on so his foot still had a touch yeah. the floor because they were touching pancakes and then he hopped uh to the uh, uh to the the ring to the steps got in and was immediately uh, eliminated well the, I, the bit I oh yeah they did was, the, yeah, the hop up yeah xavier woods and biggie launched That's him over right yeah they, they launched he him had over. to get over jinder mahal to get back in the ring they launched him like mm. no one's business as well that was very good 
Uh, but yeah, like you said, Kofi immediately got eliminated after that. Oh, no, he didn't. Um, uh, he eliminated, oh, no, eliminated Jinder. Yeah. But then Almas, Almas eliminated, eliminated Kofi. Yeah, there you go. Number 19, Matt Hardy. It's a good job I've got these notes. Mm. Matt Hardy came in next, and him and Bray Wyatt eliminated each other. Well, yeah, at first, yeah. like, there was. So they had this kind of stare down, and then they had this moment where they teamed up. And then I thought. They're going to do the other mm. the other thing that we possibly talked about, which is them actually forming an unholy alliance as a tag team. And I got a little bit excited because I was like, maybe this will actually make this an interesting feud. Yeah. But no, they ended up fighting. They eliminated Rusev together, which was just ridiculous because people were super into Delete yeah. when he first came in. As soon as he eliminated Rusev, not so much into Delete anymore because he's eliminated someone they were very much behind. And then, they, yeah, they tussled and eliminated each other. So their Raw 25 match, <laughs> which really should have been built as the blow-off to this feud, uh, it wasn't... It, it was being a, a blow-off. Yeah, it was a very short match that Bray Wyatt won clean, and going by this, they're probably going to continue this feud. So that wasn't... That didn't make me that excited. No. Uh, so next up, we had number 20. John Cena walked into walked down, and he's, you know, big John Cena smiles, and the whole crowd are against him. John Cena sucks. He gets in the ring... And everyone beats him up. Everyone beats him down. And you, so they had this big Raw 25 angle where Elias mm. beat up John Cena and killed him with a guitar shot. And this was building towards the Royal Rumble. And John Cena gets in and everyone beats him down. And Elias picks him up and John Cena just eliminates him. Yeah. All of that was like, it, was this the next step of the feud? I, or was I mean I, you would it wasn't hope so? Even really played up on commentary. No, it really wasn't. I don't think they ever mentioned it. And that the whole Undertaker stuff as well. Undertaker didn't feature in this to potentially start that feud with Cena. It was just uh, that was that was limp the Elias stuff. But I really like John Cena's kind of narrative here of you know I'm the old part timer. I'm an old timer, and he gets into the ring, and it is just all the people, the new generation, who are replacing him beat him up yeah and that played into the final six which is my favorite part of the match later on number 21 the hurricane comes down for a nostalgia spot another one of yours <laughs> you genuinely called the hurricane it was i popped big when hurricane came down and he yeah. had this great spot when he went to choke slam john cena do the hurry slam and then john cena essentially just knocked him off threw him out the ring and then after Hurricane Helms nearly slipped on the pancakes that Big E had erroneously mm. left outside, very dangerous, he then just would just walk around, stop, pose. Yes. And the crowd would pop Big. Way! And then he would time. walk, stop, pose. Way! I was great. Masterful work there. That's that's a really good nostalgia placement. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was lovely. Although, you know, Matt Hardy was in the match. Why couldn't you have them come out together? TNA. Uh, number 22, Aiden English comes out. Then number 23, going to say Surprisingly, with Aiden English, considering mm. how over Rusev Day was, yeah. you know, because even when Lana came out during the Women's Royal Rumble, there was huge Rusev Day, Rusev Day chance then. Aiden English came out to crickets. And, like, no one was chanting Rusev Day for Aiden English. I, I mean, I, I was just really surprised by that because the act is so. I mean, it's Rusev is the, mm. the over part of the act. But Aiden English is a really key component of that. I was I was very surprised that he just came out to absolute crickets. Well, it's because they 
Aidan English should have come out when Rusev was being beaten up. Mm. And then, you know, this would be the save. He would have gone in a huge pop. It was bad placing. Number 23, Adam Cole. Another Baby. big surprise. Taped up. Yeah. Like, just came because he'd been battered and bruised the night before. Mm. But again, like really great showing from Adam Cole mm. really I was really happy with their NXT placements this year because sometimes NXT guys can just come in and just be treated like complete jabronis yeah. but these guys came in and they, they, they hung and it was like what I loved especially with Almas because as soon as Almas was in there and he's tussling with people I, I instantly was like I can see him on the main roster mm. and like he just looked like he fit with the main roster crew loved it and I turned to my buddy and I was like can you believe that Adam Cole is in the Royal Rumble it's weird it's so weird, weird. Uh, so Randy Orton came out next. I, know, I I was also a big fan of the NXT stuff. However, I don't get the point of... So you only had two NXT yes. people in here. Uh, but I don't get the point of having Almas and Cole when you could have had, like, Almas, definitely, but why not have Alistair or someone who can chat, who will then next go on to challenge uh, Almas and then you have a little angle in the rumble there. Well, I assume that was what Cole was there for. Like, I assume that's what mm. they were going to set up was uh, Andrade Almas versus Adam Cole. But instead, Randy Orton came in, and then Almas went to do a diving move on him, obviously, RKO, and then Randy just eliminated Almas. So I was yeah. like, oh, I find that very surprising, because I genuinely would have thought that Adam Cole would have eliminated him. Yeah, so the, the NXT guys were not hurt in the slightest. They really good showings, but... It could have, you know, you could have done it more effectively. It was a bit of a, for, for what is a very good rumble, it was a bit of an oversight. Mm. 25, Titus O'Neil, because you need bodies. You need bodies. Crickets, mate. 26, The Miz, <laughs> who I actually thought had a good showing with his Miz to Raj. Uh, at one point, he was chucked out, but they uh, literally Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas helped him back him in. Back in. Although, man alive, king of soft style. Mm. Like, those kicks that he was delivering... Like, oh man. he's never injured, <laughs> and he's never injured anyone. Just don't ask him to catch you. <laughs> Apart from that, but if he's gonna like, if I was to take a kick off anyone mm. in WWE, it would be the Miz. I would happily just sit there and like, just do what you do because they will just be like, it'd be the lightest like air hitting you. I would prefer to take kicks from Sasha Banks. <laughs> did you see the uh... the kick she did on Lita? Yeah. Oh, good grief! She was about a foot away. <laughs> Uh, and then she started looking at who the next person is coming out, and she wasn't looking at where she was kicking. No. Really unprofessional. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, Sasha didn't have a particularly great... We could come on to that, but, like, those kicks were hysterical. Uh, so funny. So, number 27, the luckiest, uh, statistically the luckiest spot in the Rumble, Ray Mysterio. Booyaka, booyaka. Reg Mysterio came in. He looked great. Did look great. And he got a better reaction than the last time he entered the Royal Rumble um, mm. in the number 30 spot. And I was another like big surprise. Ray was not a name I would have thought would be in this Rumble. Well, he was negotiating with TNA only a couple of weeks ago. He's always, He's got so many bookings elsewhere over the world. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I mean, he was rumoured. But, you know, he was one of those peripheral rumours that yeah. I, I much more thought like a James Storm or a Bobby Lashley would turn up, not a Ray. Yeah, I was very surprised by Ray, but it was it was really nice to see Ray. And he, he, he just looked great. Like, mm. he looked like he had an age today and he moved around the ring so quickly. So I, I wasn't a fan of Ray Mysterio's, you know, the last few years in WWE. He didn't do he was, anything. He was really. barely there yeah. because we just kept constantly getting injured. And and it was, well, I like, I actively didn't like seeing him on TV either, especially with that number 30 in the 25th 
15, 14, 14, maybe whichever one it was. Uh, but here, when he was in there and he was moving around, I was like, this is the Rey Mysterio I like. Yeah. And I actually wouldn't mind. I, when people say Rey Mysterio might come back, I'm like, eh, I don't know what he can bring to WWE these days. Here, I completely eat those words. I thought he had a very good showing. I just hope that, because from reports are saying that this was very much a one-shot deal, yes. he was only in for this one appearance. So I'm hoping that if they aren't going to bring him in for a longer-term thing, that he just doesn't get saddled in a either that cruiserweight division or B as the cruiserweight GM. What a waste of Mysterio that would Hopefully be. Hopefully it'll be the hurricane. No, mate. I'm telling you, I'm sticking with my uh, pick that I said on the mm, podcast spud. a couple of weeks ago. Spud. That's my prediction. Number 28, the big dog. Oh, the Roman, Roman Reigns. Reigns. It's his yard, mate. Loads so, of booze. Uh, Reg um, eliminated Adam Cole before um, mm. uh, the big dog came out. And then Roman uh, eliminated Titus and then tried to eliminate Miz, but uh, the Miz Taraj pushed the Miz back in. And then Seth Rollins... Hit a, um, a curb stomp. Yes. A, a really good curb stomp. A very a good curb stomp. Pop. Big pop to that. And then they did your favourite, the shield bomb um, to the Miz. Over the over the top rope. Over the top rope. Nice little um, uh, nice little uh, section there. It was nice. But then we came to the first of the significant flaws. <gasps> We've only just hit... I would have thought the NXT thing was your first significant no, flaw. No, but no, now... no, no. Because that was like... That was ultimately good. It just could have been better. Mm. Uh, this was stupid. Which so bit? Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins are standing there. Roman Reigns then eliminates Seth Rollins, chucks him over the top rope. And for a moment there, I was like, that's really interesting. That's pretty damn cool. What does that mean? Is Roman Reigns getting a bit of like a heelish tendency? There was a bit in me at the moment where, did we just see a Roman Reigns heel turn? Oh, come on. Is he finally getting his revenge and all that stuff? But, you know, whatever. But Seth Rollins then is shown on the outside and he just looks back at Roman and smiles like, <laughs> you scamp, I might have lost out on a WrestleMania main event title shot, but oh man, it's just Bance, isn't it? Roman Reigns <laughs> is looking back at him like, solid Bance, got you mate. <laughs> hey, whoa, 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 Chinese burn. No, no, they shouldn't be doing this. And, and plus, like, even from a strategic sense, why doesn't Roman Reigns keep Seth Rollins around until the end? You can team up and then you can face up. If it was like a truly brotherhood thing, you would work together to become the last two in the match and then you would fight off there and then decide who the better man is. But no, you just, like, threw out a massive tactical advantage just because you were a dick and you're not going to make anything of the fact you're a dick because it's all friendly competitive rivalry that was really bad i liked it why because it's you get this spot in every single royal rumble where the tag team partner eliminates the the other tag team partner. and the other one's like what the hell bro yeah but like i like the fact that they've got this kind of like brotherhood thing of just like seth Rollins was almost like man i should have seen that coming but i didn't and uh, yeah, he should have been more disappointed. But like, I really like what they said on commentary about this because Corey Graves was just like Roman's being a dick. And but I think it was actually Michael Cole said like Seth would have done the exact same thing in the same position. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> no, he wouldn't because Seth Rollins' whole journey is trying to repair those relationships after he turned on Roman Reigns. No, no, That's why when Reigns threw him out, it was like that is really interesting because it plays on when Seth Rollins did the same thing and broke up the Shield all those years ago. But you didn't like build anything of it. It was just like a cool throwaway spot. Well, no, that's like that's an actual real big character moment that should have happened. I thought it was a huge. Hugely, 
hugely unwise I, of fit. All the things in the Royal Rumble, I never thought this would really? get your goat up so much. Well, I thought it, was, uh, it, I, I, it didn't bother me in the slightest. Then you, that's what happens when you stay up late and you're tired, <clears throat> disorientated, watching was... the clarity of day <laughs> in the morning. Uh, so next up, after Rollins was eliminated, we had uh, 29 Gold Dust. Goldie came in. Cool. Ready for that last That ditch. big last main event run that he's yeah, going to have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just getting ready for that. The 29 roll. And then the other. Right. So this, this wound me up. Mm. This was, hands down, without a shadow of a doubt, the most pointless thing in the entire show. I would almost argue. I don't know. You didn't watch the pre-show. Are we, <laughs> are we discounting the pre-show? Um... Are you going to talk about Mojo Rawley? I'm just, the whole, the whole, oh, the whole the pre-show. Whole pre-show. Yeah, well, the uh, whole, well, the whole pre-show was just was filling time. But this was just, I would, I mean, it's the most pointless thing all year long so far. Because the story, as number thirty was Dolph Ziggler as the big surprise thing. They did the record scratch, and then his music played, and Dolph Ziggler came out. And the commentators are there going like, "Oh my God, Dolph Ziggler's back! I thought he'd retired." Mm. Blah 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 blah. Dolph Ziggler left. He relinquished the United States Championship, and everyone was like, "Okay, so we're building two. Dolph gonna co- he's gonna come back. Maybe he's gonna answer a United States Open Challenge, mm-hmm. declare himself as the the true United States Champion, and they'll build towards this champion versus champion match. You know, perhaps at a pay per view, give it you know build it up so they can have a nice little match on a pay per view. But no, they just wasted his return here it, as a random entry into the Royal Rumble when. And he was eliminated immediately. Well, he had two minutes of uh, being on top and having a little run. But yeah, he was like the next person to be eliminated. Well, yeah, he eliminated Goldust and then Balor eliminated Dolph. And Dolph just walks to the back. And you're like, well, what was the point in that? Because now, if he does return to challenge uh, Rude, that has no impact now. Mm. Not only that, but I really think that this kind of moment here just devalues the United States Championship. Because what, in character terms, what Dolph has done is said, I'm better than the United States Championship, and whoever has this championship is a joke, mm-hmm. and I'm walking out on here. So now Bobby Roode, not only is he on the kickoff show in a very, like, in a three-minute match with, with Mojo that no one was interested in, he's got a joke championship. This infuriated me. This yeah. was a completely pointless waste of time. Yeah. And... Uh... Also, that was worth getting angry about. It's uh, it's the end of Dolph Ziggler for me. He's like, because I've, I've always, even though he hasn't really done anything of note and he's been slotted into a certain position for a couple of years now, I was a big Dolph Ziggler fan a couple of like before all that. And you know, you've got the hope in your back pocket. Now might be the time he's going to do something interesting. Now he might reinvent his character. It, taking a break, that's perfect. It's really interesting. What's he going to do next? He's relinquished the title. He's gone away for a month. When's he going to come back? How's he going to come back? And he comes back as if nothing's changed. And it's all the same. And he's just gone right back into the same position. I'm like, I'm done with you. Leave WWE. He's got to go because it's just you're stuck there, and it's yeah, yeah. A, he is damaged goods. A real it, shame. As he it's is a real proper damaged goods at this point. It, and you're right. It is a real, a real shame. Mm. And I know there was a lot of people. We we a lot of comments were left on our Royal Rumble prediction show, and I got a lot of messages from people uh, on social media over the weekend. A lot of people thinking that Dolph was going to win the Rumble. And I never, with a shadow, I never thought Dolph was in a, an arse's roar of winning the Royal Rumble. However, 
I'm super glad that he didn't either because I I was thinking every time I read that Dolph was going to win the Rumble I was like again kind of that's, that just devalues the United States Championship mm. it just makes that anyone who goes after that well, Dolph seem like a complete chump unless he wins the Rumble and then he goes I don't want this either and his whole gimmick <laughs> is winning stuff and then just dropping it and being a super badass perhaps that would be fine someone but... else uh, suggested the best thing to have done here to actually get some proper heat would be to play Daniel Bryan's I've music. heard this, yeah. I think this was on Wrestling Himself Alive. Mm. A lot and of people suggest this. Record scratch at Ziggler. Yeah, that would have been great because a lot of people, again... The heat. The heat would have been amazing as well yeah. because you'd have heard Daniel Bryan's music hit as the number 30 spot. The the music we wanted to hear in 2014... I'm going to say 2014. It might have been 2015, remember? I think it was mm. 2014. That's the music we wanted to hear then. But yeah, that would have been a much better way, a much better use of Dolph. But at the same time... I thought this was utterly pointless. So once that was done, uh, after a few more bits, we had the final six, yes? Yes. So you had Roman Reigns, Finn Balor and Shinsuke Nakamura on one side of the ring against the old guard of Orton, Cena, Mysterio on the other. And it was just this great visual of them both standing off. I have So I watched it. I've I, And I don't often do this on the days of reviews. I liked it so much, I went back and watched everything again from the final six to the end. I thought this was a spectacular end to a rumble. Um, okay, my one issue I took I with this—you said you had no issues. I said I might find them when I walked. Well, let me recount this. But this is, and this is a very minor thing. But they did put it together. It's just like it's the the new new generation versus the old school. Even mm. though I'm pretty sure that some of them on this side are older than Randy Orton. Yeah. But like that's the way they pitch it. It's the old guard versus the the new generation. And what happens? The new, uh, the old guard stood tall. Like they, they beat up all the new guys and like laid them all out with, uh, with finishes. And I was like, oh well, these new guys sure look a bit rubbish, then, don't they? I didn't, I didn't feel that. I thought it was quite evenly matched. And then you had, uh, then it was Reigns and Cena going at it. Reigns eliminated Orton. Uh, was it that way round? Oh uh, yeah, Roman eliminated Randy, and then uh, Balor yeah. eliminated Reigns. Which, so, which like, it's it's revenge for last year where Orton eliminated Reigns. Yes, so you yeah you, know, you have that, but at the same time when you have that stare down, they didn't like have a clash and then one like the new guys stood mm. tall and then eliminated them. The old guys hit all their moves first and then got eliminated. I didn't uh, I didn't find that bad. I I think if you're gonna be if you're gonna be pushing your new guys, that would have been a much better way to do it. They eliminated them. Well, yeah, elimin- <laughs> eliminations don't mean much. I forgot the eliminations. I remember that bit. Okay. Uh, so Balor gets rid of irrationally angry about uh, Roman. Uh, was not irrational. Uh, Cena then points at the sign multiple times. He was loving that. He was the only one who did it. He was, but there was like you know. We we make fun of the pointing at sign stuff, but there was one that was really good. We'll come on to it. I really liked it at least. Uh, so Reigns eliminates. We got there. You both suck. The so Cena and Reigns have a stare down. This was wonderful. Crowd are chanting, "You both suck," yep. which is very fun. And then Bala and Nakamura had a standoff after that, uh, and that was like that was really good. Yeah, and that felt like a different kind of electricity. I I I see why it didn't go longer. But, you know, that's almost like my selfishness. I wanted it to go a bit longer. Finn Balor's stomp on Nakamura (sighs) looked like it it landed, like, just below the base of the neck. Yeah, he got him him good. That was an awful looking thing. Uh, Balor runs wild for a bit, looked really good. So that's the thing, like, Balor got his... He certainly did. Got it all back at the end. So that's why I don't really mind uh, that six-on-six spot. I said it was a minor complaint. And then Cena eliminates Balor to huge boos mm-hmm. and and you're like actually so at the time I was like I wanted Balor and Nakamura to be the final two but that like that by the end of the match I completely 
shout old past Ollie down because it was paced perfectly to have Reigns and Cena, the company favourites, the people that the entire crowd did not want to see against the guy they did. Two guys who legitimately had very big chances of winning. It was perfectly played. I completely 100% agree, and I wrote this out on Twitter while I was watching it live, was that I wanted it to be Bala Nakamura as the final two. It's, it's what I would have done in my in my fantasy booking, but the way that this played out was so perfect. Cena and Reigns were the perfect mm. two guys to have in there with Nakamura because, as you said, they're the poster boys. They're the ones that are always in the merchandising. They're the ones that have been, quote-unquote, shoved down our throats. Mm. Big air quotes for podcast listeners. Take a drink. It was just a perfect use of those two. And then, when um, Nakamura eliminated Cena and it was down to Nakamura and Roman, I was genuinely on the edge of my seat yeah. because I thought i was looking at the screen i was watching this i was like i'm i'm so sure that nakamura is winning this i'm so sure but then i thought it is the middle of the show Mm. there is every chance that roman could win this it is roman reigns the wwe do like him and i was genuinely like nervous and i i haven't been this into the final two of a royal rumble for some years this was Perfect storytelling. I loved this so much. Really agree. And Nakamura does his come on spot to Reigns. That was like a great stare down. And yeah, uh, Nakamura then eliminated Reigns for the win. Nakamura, Royal Rumble winner, nine months after debuting on the main roster. He's going to get to face AJ Styles at WrestleMania 34. A dream match announced. And like, and okay, I mean, uh, I loved this match so much. And I loved this this finish in particular. Like from the the final six onwards was just so good. And and there were so many spots before that that I really enjoyed as well. But uh, the first thing that really came to my mind when I was just sat there in this really elated, happy state that Nakamura had won, I was thinking to myself, when was the last time we had a Royal Rumble finish mm. where the guy, the crowd actually wanted to win won. Uh, Randy Orton last year. <laughs> Roman Reigns the year before yeah, that. Yeah, and uh, Batista the year before that. Yeah, uh, oh, I don't know. I mean, Alberto Del Rio was pretty hot, but that was uh, Santino. Everyone wanted Santino to win after that. Well, yeah, but that was more... I think that Del Rio was the guy that people really wanted to win. Uh, let's have a look, actually. I'm going to do that really great thing where we look up uh, match histories on the internet. Did you just Google winners? Uh, maybe. Oh, yes, no. you did, yeah. yeah. You got the here we here. go. So, uh, Randy or Triple H was 2016. Yep. Uh, John Cena, Sheamus, Alberto Del- Edge, 2010? Yeah, I'd say it's probably either Edge or Del Rio. There's a yeah. 2010 or 2011 Rumble. But, like, we-, we talked about this before the Rumble uh, on Friday. Like, the last really good Rumble was 2007 for yeah. me, where The Undertaker won. And that actually had a very similar conclusion, where mm. it wasn't like the last two guys wasn't a, a quick over the top. They had a big, long match, because like, f- the final four, like the final six, after the 30, the 30 hit, they had a long time in the ring. Mm. Like where there was, you know, with no new entrance, which I really, really liked. And it, as a, it's a lot like the 2008 Rumble, where essentially Taker and Sean just had a long match. Well, now the uh, the actual Rumble part's out of the way. Let's get on with the bit everyone wants to hear, the pre-show. The Wrestle Rumble will be right back after these short messages. Mm-hmm. 
This episode of Wrestle Ramble is brought to you in part by Patreon. For just $5 a month, you'll get access to the exclusive Wrestle Ramble Extra, where Ollie and I review classic pay-per-views from the past. This month, Patreon backers will get our review of Wrestle Kingdom 10, which featured an all-time classic between Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles. And if you help us reach our next Patreon goal, we'll be able to live stream episodes of Wrestle Ramble on YouTube, as well as new perks like NXT and Ring of Honor reviews. So head over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk for more information and support WrestleTalk. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So you didn't watch the pre-show? No, I did. I watched it live. Oh, okay. Oh, so the the lovely Chad Gable, Shelton Benjamin. It's my very first Jason night I've Jordan got here. The, yeah. I thought this was a wonderful little segment. Really liked it. Yeah, I really like this. From Seth Rollins being, uh, Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan. Jason Jordan's being like, my dad's amazing, yada, yada, yada. And then they bump into Gable backstage. Uh, Jordan says, you know, at one point, explaining their history to Shelton Benjamin, we were going to be world's greatest tag team. Yeah. And that was, that was just such a good line. My favourite was Gable um, saying, like, um, oh, yeah, me and Jordan used to be partners, but then he dumped me to go and have a singles career on Raw. 
how is that singles mm. career going? Game like tapping the tag team championship as he does it. Oh, it was a great little moment. Uh, Grand Metalik, Lince Dorado and Kalisto beat Drew Gulak, Jack Gallagher and TJP. In um, an empty arena match. Yeah, pretty much. But what a spot with the triple moonsault yeah, that was off nice. of the same turnbuckle to the outside. <laughs> so I've written here, empty arena match. I think this is Kalisto's speciality. Mm. Uh, then we had Kevin Owens and... So- this was my favourite. Oh, you're literally feature. just going to skip that. There was, there was a oh yeah well I don't care about it <laughs> well no there was a spot in this match that I actually really enjoyed there wasn't just the uh, triple moonsaults mm-hmm. there was a moment when Jack Gallagher was oh, yeah. on the ropes and he was kind of going around but Drew was shouting to him get down no fly zone and Jack just kept shouting back I know what I'm doing I've got this it's okay and then he went off and he got hit by I'm going to say Grand Metalik I'm not sure who it was but that's not the important bit he got hit and then when Jack when Jack went to go make the tag to uh, Drew Gulag he loudly shouted you were right. Mm. Very Wonderful. Uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn backstage. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. They answered the social media questions uh, from Renee Young, and they were just making fun of people's spelling on social media. It was perfect. They just kept, really they just kept picking out the ones with the worst yeah. spelling possible and then just made fun of Pete Rosenberg. Yes. So they wouldn't talk to Peter Rosenberg because Kevin Owens has got a thing on Twitter, like a Twitter feud with him. But when uh, Kevin Owens says, is Jerry there? Is Jerry Lawler there? And Jerry goes, hi, Kevin. He's like, Jerry, how's it going? (laughs) They're all talking to Jerry, sucking up to him and completely ignoring Rosenberg. It's so weird. Like WWE think, yeah, but Rosenberg's the guy you're meant to like here. And they're just being dastardly heels. No, (laughs) they're like objectively the the better people. And it was also, this is the best that like, Essentially, almost the best stuff that Kevin and Sammy have done. Like this, this was really for where they felt like they were being Kevin and Sammy. Mm. It was all unscripted nonsense. It was just they were allowed to just be yeah. themselves. It wasn't hey, say these lines, say these lines in this way. So next up, following their Raw 25 match, the revival worked over Carl Anderson's leg for a while and then won. Yeah, fifty-fifty. Yep. And then we had Bobby Roode's US title open challenge. Oh, was it Bobby Lashley? No, it was not. Uh, was it Spud? No. Oh, oh, was it the returning Dolph Ziggler? I'm going to say it's better than all of those people you just suggested. It was Cassius Ono. It was Mojo Rawley. Oh. And he is hyped. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was fine. Mm. It was like three minutes. Well, I've written here my notes, my extensive notes, which I took throughout. Bit of a letdown, ad break, rude wins. Mm, yeah, so not much not much on the pre-show. Yeah. Like, it almost makes you ask, why have a pre-show <clears throat> for a four-hour, 20-minute event, making it a six-hour, 20-minute event? Mm. Surely four hours, 20 minutes is enough. So the actual main card, I didn't give any pre-show star ratings. <gasps> AJ Styles beat Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. We both predicted that correctly. Uh, I gave it two and a half stars. Yeah. Um, okay. Mm. Um, this I thought this was quite a fun little match. I thought it was perfectly fine. Um, nice tagging in and out from Owens and Zane, like just sort of uh, dominating stuff. There was a really great spot when they um, did a monkey, like Kevin Owens did a monkey flip on AJ. Yes. Into a Hurricane Rana on Sami Zayn, which was just really, really <coughs> great stuff. Um, and yeah, I don't know how he made his body go the other way <laughs> midair. It's kind of like that Gordon Banks save yes. in, the, in the 1970 World Cup. Um, and you've got uh, like the Calf Crusher and then a Blue Thunderbomb for a good near fall. Phenomenal forearm for another good near fall. Um, and again, AJ just constantly spinning with mm. that Blue Thunderbomb. Um, some really great forearm shots in this as well. But a finish that 
So when I did my SmackDown review um, a few weeks ago of the Usos versus um, Shelton, Benjamin and Chad Gable for the SmackDown Live Tag Team mm-hmm. Championships, there was a moment when they'd pinned the Uso that wasn't the legal man. And a referee came down and said to the referee, here, look, you've actually, like, that was, that was a wrong call. We need to restart this match. And they restarted the match and then they, um, the Usos retained. And I said at the time, this is a very bad precedent to set because it makes all other decisions seem stupid and it could make all other future choices seem stupid. And a lot of people said to me, it's like, well, they only did that because it was a championship match. Well, what was this? I'm going to play devil's advocate. I don't like it either, but uh, it plays into the unfairness of SmackDown Live at the moment. That's... With Shane McMahon afterwards, Kevin Owens and Sammy were like, did you see that? Kevin, I wasn't a legal man. I'm Kevin Owens. I'm talking. And Shane says, huh. I did see it. Yep. I'm not going to do anything about it. That is fine. The problem is, is that you've you've already set this up that this is something that can happen. And it wasn't like Shane... So it Mc- means it's even more outrageous. But Shane McMahon didn't send down that referee to restart the match. Mm. The referee made that decision on his own. So why wasn't there a referee that went down to say, to let this official... Shane know, McMahon stopped it from happening. It, do we? Let's I mean, fill you are, in some gaps you, I was going to say, you're very much playing devil's advocate here. I, I think it's problematic when you do things like this. I, uh, I, I thought this was a main event of SmackDown. Yeah, I, pretty much. Yeah, I, yeah. A, a good main event of SmackDown. But um, yeah. But it's on a pay per view, and you know, I, just, I, I was never really a fan of the Zayn Owens uh, handicap thing. I see. I, I get the story why they did it. But I thought it would have been a better story, and it's confusing given the go-home angle where Owens is taken out and injured, that there was no real selling of Owens' leg here, and that didn't factor into the, the match story at all. And there was no um, Shane O'Brien shenanigans yeah. at all, which I was very much surprised about. What I will say, though, it's the best match that AJ Styles and Kevin Owens have had. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. The Usos up next, retaining their uh, tag team titles against Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin, which, yep, uh, I thought we both... Uh, no, you said American Beta oh, would win. American Beta would win. Damn it. So, yeah, you're uh, one up there. Uh, yeah, I, I also gave this two and a half stars. It was... I mean, this was a match that would have been better if it didn't have the two out of three falls gimmick around it. Completely. Um, because the crowd just weren't into the first fall. Because you know that there are two, potentially two more falls that will follow. Although it was good stuff. Like, really it great was like stuff. A re- it was a good match, but it wasn't a good two out of three falls match. Because we've seen that, that you know, how much chemistry they have and how talented they are on all their short change matches on SmackDown. But they actually got 10 to 15 minutes here until the first fall. That would have been a good match, like no nowhere near on the level of the New Day Usos program. But because, like you said, their weight that first fall is utterly meaningless not utterly meaningless, but it's it's not as significant as the others. The, the crowd didn't get into it as much, the near falls didn't mean as much, and then the, the Usos just got a clean sweep getting the two falls. Yep. Back to back pins. So they won and it didn't go the usual So all the drama that you wanted from those near falls didn't happen no and it was a, it almost felt like the second fall was an accident mm. like how much it came out of nowhere and um but i mean it wasn't but i mean i've literally written here this is a real shame yeah i was i was uh yeah i was really disappointed with this because we both thought this match could steal the show yeah uh but they uh, yet again uh they were shortchanged by a, a, a stipulation mm. i thought both stipulations of the smackdown matches were were unneeded yeah 
and um, then dis- and, detracted and, from the Yeah, the, the crowd just weren't <laughs> really into it and stuff. Speaking of crickets, um, we then had Seth Rollins. Oh, no, do you want to talk about the... the... I'm g- I've given it five stars. <laughs> okay. The KFC Rumble. I'll be honest, I didn't watch this. I, well, it was I, just like a video package. Well, I know, three I, minutes. I, I, was, I was looking at Twitter. I was taking oh. notes. So it was the KFC Rumble, which was loads of people dressed as Colonel Sanders. Stealing Brian Zane's gimmick. Yeah, and uh, Ric Flair came out at the end and tipped over Rusev Colonel, I think, a Miz Colonel maybe, and won. Cool. <laughs> KFC looks too much like UFC. <laughs> uh, Kentucky Fighting Championship. Uh, yeah, right, I, know- I, I, I didn't think it was awful. I actually got quite a kick out of can seeing we, them all dressed up. Can we now use my seamless segue that yes. I'd created? Crickets. Yeah. Speaking of crickets, we then got Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan versus The Bar for the Raw Tag Team Championship. So, Champions Club. Oh, whatever. So, like, wasn't that, wasn't that the trio they were called Champions Club? Yeah, I just like saying it. <laughs> so, but, um... The crowd were dead for this, but mm. in all fairness, can you blame them? They just had this amazing finale to the Men's Royal Rumble match, a great match, you know, all told, an hour long. So they were just, like, just completely out of breath, just they needed something to, like... This was a buffer match. They needed the Women's Rumble. They needed, they needed a buffer match. They needed something here, but, man, this was, this was tough to watch because it went on for ages, mm. and... When you're watching a match that goes on for 15, maybe even 20 minutes... It was 15. Was it 15 yeah, minutes? They were, 15 minutes. And there is no reaction whatsoever. The crowd are not interested. The commentators weren't interested. The commentators were so bored in this match. Michael Cole was dreadful. Mm. It was just really bad. Yeah, I completely agree. But it's, it's weird because like the story was interesting yeah. because Jason the, the story was Jason Jordan was taken out early on by knocking his head onto the ring post and he was acting concussed outside but you know he nobly waved off medical attention so Seth Rollins is getting beaten up forever because he it's, it's a two on one situation Jordan finally tags in I really like this moment Jordan gets in like starts to think about going on the offence but then realises how disorientated in and tags himself out and just gets out again and it's it's a nice wrinkle, but it is it was just the wrong place on the card for this match, and the, it it really shows how big a part the crowd are to how much you enjoy the match. Absolutely, because yeah. The, uh, somewhere else, this could have been a three and a half star. I don't know. Why I'm using the douchebag rating system, but yeah, it was a uh, very little reaction, and the bar become new champions. Yeah, which we both predicted that they would do. Yeah, I can't believe you gave that two stars. What, would you give it less? Uh, well, I mean, uh, yeah. If well, I, was... I like the Jordan stuff. Um, yeah, but I, it, I thought that was. I, I thought the match was much worse than a two-star match. That's a Pacific Rim score. Mm-hmm. Um, also, during this, uh, at one point, Seth Rollins hit his uh, ripcord knee thing, King's Landing, Kingslayer, whatever what the internet wants us to believe it's called. Michael Cole went a knee, a knee in, in that tone, in that moment, he just went a knee. It's not even a definitive article anymore. It's a it's a knee rather than the knee. Yeah, a knee. So next up, we had Brock Lesnar versus Kane versus Braun Strowman in my least favorite feud of 2018. In a thus weird, far. in a weird match. This was okay. This was so bizarre. So the crowd actually kind of woke up a little mm. bit for this because you like because the crowd are super into Lesnar. They're super into Braun, not so much Kane. And when this match started, I thought 
this is awesome like this is tremendous this is it's just pure garbage dressing i was i was said in the prediction show i wanted this to be like the main event of SummerSlam, where yeah. it was just utter carnage throughout the uh, the screen i just wanted it to be full of plunder and destruction around ringside and you've got that but boy howdy was this sloppy mm. like it, it was just there was a point when there was a table set up in a corner and kane went to go throw braun through the table kane sort of stopped but Braun just threw himself through the table. Mm. And it's Michael, the momentum. And Michael Gold even said on commentary, I think Braun was expecting that. <laughs> it's it's weird because the sloppiness was a problem, but the sloppiness was also the coolest part about it. When Braun legitimately need Brock in the side oh, of the head. Oh, didn't he just? And the way they replayed it, and the way they played it up on Twitter, on commentary, uh, I thought... Are they doing like the latest really intriguing thing for Brock? No. You know, they went through that that phase of, oh, he actually legitimately knocked out Randy Orton. Oh, did he have a fight backstage with Chris Jericho? Oh, what's going on with Goldberg? I thought, are they did they plan this stiff strike so then Brock Lesnar could act, you know, because as you, you watch it, as soon as Brock stands up from that knee, which clobbers him right in the temple, he clocks Braun right in the face, right in the temple himself, with a real stiff punch. Probably not full force, because I assume Braun would go down. But uh, enough where Strowman looked wobbly afterwards. Yeah, he, I mean, they showed it in, like, super slow-mo replay, mm. and you could see, like, things move, like, with tendons skin and skin, skin ripples and stuff yeah. like that. It was a, a stiff old shot. Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar have had no luck in Royal Rumbles. Mm. Because yeah. th- when Lesnar was in the Royal Rumble a few years ago, not last year, I think it was the year before that, um, and he had the showdown with the Wyatt family, because that's when they were building towards Brock Lesnar, Bray Wyatt, and then they did Lesnar, Ambrose. They had a spot where he was kind of taking out the Wyatt family, and he went to do a knee on Strowman, and Strowman no-sold it. Mm. So Lesnar, it's, oh, it's so funny if you go back and watch it, Lesnar essentially stops, looks at him and goes like, oh, is this what we're doing then? <laughs> and then just gives him the hardest knees that you possibly can in the corner and just be like, mate, you're supposed to sell for me. And <laughs> my favourite moment of that is when he's giving German suplexes to Luke Harper and Luke Harper has this look on his face that's like, please eliminate me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brock, I, I angry want, Brock. I want to go home. It was so funny. These two, just, they can't mm. connect at Royal Rumbles. But I, do, you know, for a moment there, I was, I was really intrigued and like, oh, are they? Is this how they're going to reset the No Mercy disappointment? Are they actually just going to beat each other up with management sanction in it? But uh, no, it was, it was just a mistake. But it's crazy. Like you forget how legit a fighter Brock is Oof. because he's clobbered and then. Within seconds, he's already delivered the return yeah. punch. And I don't know, like, is that just a flash of anger? Is that an instinct thing? It's, it, it happened too quickly to consciously think about it. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, yeah, it was a bit... And, and Brock himself had to roll out, because I assume he was knocked a bit wobbly by the knee. Well, I think he even said... Like, I, I haven't gone back and watched the match, but someone said to me on Twitter that you can hear Lesnar shouting, slow down. Really? To, to Braun because Braun was just like house of fire wow. just going in and just like you know dominating he was amped up it was the uh, the Jericho Shane McMahon thing from Survivor Series mm. where it was just slow, just slow the, the F, F down, down. Um, yeah and, and uh, this match was just like sloppy carnage for 10 minutes table breaks and mm. all sorts of uh, plunder and nonsense um, and yeah and then Lesnar won so I I th- it's weird because I think this is the match 
Brock and Braun should have had at No Mercy. Mm -hmm. And they had it here, but it had Kane in. And Kane's just presence and the fact that the result was so predictable, Kane's getting pinned. Just took me out of it. Yeah. Uh, so I really didn't care for if this. If you remove Kane from this feud entirely, even with the No Mercy match in the background, I think this could have been a good match. Yeah, I, it really could have been. I, I really did not care for this uh, yeah, at I all. I, I, I gave it two stars. <laughs> if you care. But now the uh, the what would what would get a one star out of you? Uh, well, definitely not Molina versus Alicia Fox. No. That's a five-star. Five-star classic, that, mate. Uh, I don't know. It would have to... Best like, match ever, according if to Cameron. So, if something's a one-star, it has to, like, actively harm people. Not injure them, mm. but, like, be really detrimental booking-wise. I'm... Uh, this is the other side of it as well, is that after the match, Braun was in the ring, almost like challenging Lesnar. was like, you didn't pin me. And I suddenly thought, oh, is this feud going to have to continue? I don't, I'd really rather it didn't. I don't mind Braun and Brock. I, I, you know, just do it better. <laughs> I think there's something there. <laughs> it's the 205 thing as do well. Do it like, better. 205 Live could be great. Just do it better. Just do it better. The stuff's there. It's not like these two guys. It's not like Kevin Owens and AJ Styles who just don't work together. Just do it better. What you say? It's an open goal. Hang on. You just said then that it, this is not like AJ and Kevin where you just kept putting them together and nothing happened. This is Brock and Lesnar, uh, Brock and Braun, where we just keep putting them together and nothing's worked. Their segments haven't worked no, on they're Raw. They're trying different things. Their seg- they, they, nothing's worked in this feud. Since they've started this feud, it, before, before, okay, the stuff leading the into No, no Mercy, yeah. like, some of that stuff was quite good, but the match they had at No Mercy was very bad. And the stuff they've had in the lead up to this match has been very bad. I blame Kane, though. Well, Braun was in a lot of it as well. Mm. And then the match itself, I didn't think, was much cop either. I think that these two, the, the, it just, it's not working. Okay. Well, I'm, I've still got hope in my back pocket. Uh, so the main event, which, you know, when the men's rumble went on first, uh, which I think is part of why I enjoyed it so much. I was only an hour into the Royal Rumble. Well, not counting pre-show by that point. Whereas usually when you watch the Rumble, you've watched 12 days of wrestling, WWE wrestling, of the same match over and over again. But because it came there, it was, you know, it felt fresh. I was still excited. I think you could have put that at the end of the show and you still would have had yeah. the same amount of excitement out yeah. of it. And I, I, hindsight being twenty twenty. It should have gone on last. I I agree. Yeah, yeah, absolutely should have gone on last. I know you have the big reveal at the end of the the women's Royal Rumble match, but the match itself was it was all built around nostalgia more or less. Mm. Really, it was it felt like a nostalgia rumble because almost half of the entrance were nostalgia. Uh, yeah, exactly. excuse me. Okay, so a third of them yeah. were you know nostalgia or NXT entrance and. It's it, the crowd were very much like they were a bit deflated. They were trying to get into it. They were actively trying to get excited for it. They would pop for entrances, but then just go instantly quiet again, mm. and then would stand up so they could count, and then would just sit back down again. And and I thought that was a real shame. But if you'd have put this earlier, if you'd have put this as the first rumble, you'd have had a lot more excitement because it's the first rumble you've seen. And then you would have had all the drama and excitement that you'd have got out of the men's rumble when you got into that final six, particularly because you'd have ended it with Nakamura versus Roman Reigns, one man that people really want to win and one man that people mm. really don't want to win. <clears throat> I think that the men's rumble should have gone on last. I agree. I also think the women's rumble should have been 20, 20 people. Yeah. Just because, like, uh, and, and we haven't talked about the women's rumble match. I, I enjoyed it. Because, you know, how can you not? It's got 11 surprise nostalgia returns. 
but then surely it's just a gimmick match. Oh yeah, it's, it's just it's, a nostalgia it's the gimmick, battle royal. Gimmick battle royal from WrestleMania. Yeah, it's not like a, an actual Royal Rumble to crown the winner to you know something significant and momentous. It's 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 nostalgia. But if you only have twenty, and the reason is that because you, the women's roster isn't as large as the men's roster. You've no. got you know about twenty people as opposed to over a hundred male wrestlers. Yeah, so. And this is why you shouldn't have women's tag belts either. Yeah, and then you don't have to use every single person on your women's roster anyway, because some of them aren't up to scratch. Uh, although you know you can hide them in rumbles, so you could you could have had a really good twenty-person rumble with only like four nostalgic returns rather than eleven. Keep those two NXT cameos because they were the best things in it for me. Uh, and then the rest is just the creme de la creme or the most over of your female performers on there at the moment, like. Don't use Tamina. Uh, so, <laughs> Are you trying to say that Tamina didn't have a great showing in this? I mean, it, am I wrong? Is she the blandest person mm. on the uh, in the women's division? I would probably put her there. I can't. No one else springs to mind. At least Sarah Logan. Harsh divorce. <laughs> she likes gay mates. Gay mate. So let's. Uh, and you know. So I've given this three stars. Just and it's mainly because it was just so fun and Asuka won and the Ember Moon stuff. Uh, but the Stephanie McMahon comment, <laughs> like, right. was really bad. It was okay. So you saw the prediction show. You saw our reaction when we heard the news. When we did the news episode on it, I was fixing to just just to hate Stephanie on commentary because I knew what it was going to be. It was just going to be corporate speak, historic, this, that, and the other. Just PR nonsense for an hour. Not a cat, not a heel character like not she a, should be. Yeah, exactly. But we didn't get that. Nor did we get the heel character. We just got Stephanie saying things in as uninterested a manner as possible. Mm. She just she just said stuff. And it was never interesting stuff. It was never stuff that helped build the match. It was never stuff that helped build characters. She would just come in and like Sarah Logan would get in the ring and she'd be like, Oh, she's from X Place. Mm. And like, cool, okay. And like I mean uh, there's only one part of this I've watched. I've rewatched the ending when when Ronda debuts, which obviously we'll talk about at the end. And so Ronda debuts, the crowd is going ape, you know, they're going absolutely insane because Ronda Rousey's debuting. She's walking down the ring, and Michael Cole's screaming like, "Oh, it's Ronda Rousey!" And like Corey Graves going, "Like it's Ronda Rousey!" And then Michael Cole says like, "Stephanie, you're the boss. Like, you know, you must have known something." And Stephanie says in this exact tone, "I'm speechless, Cole." Yeah. Like, it's Ronda Rousey, for God's sake. Like, try. It was astounding how bored she was. Mm. I didn't... I I was baffled by it. Like, I I mean, I'd have hated it if she'd have been, like, Stephanie McMahon, like, just doing corporate nonsense. I probably would have hated it if she was just doing her heel stuff. But th- at least that's something. Mm. This was nothing. She was caught between two things of, of, you know, you've got the heel character and you've got the corporate... Uh, Sound sound bites. Person who created women's wrestling. Yeah, sound bites. So, but she obviously didn't want to do either or straddle both of them, and it just ended up in in this complete nothingness, which is crazy because she can talk. Yeah, she's a great promo, Uh, and all all those like you don't need another person doing sound bites when Michael Cole is on the same commentary team as you. Like they cancelled each other out. It so was, that was it bad. Was, yeah, very baffling. And uh, Michael Cole introduced Stephanie McMahon <laughs> as uh, she won't tell you this. 
but she really is one of the trailblazers of women's wrestling. And I said this in my review, I was just like, but she has told us this because all of these are McMahon approved lines. Yeah. Like, what? it's just so, yeah, the commentary was just abysmal. But can we talk about Maria Menounos? I, who the yeah. crowd did not like Maria Menounos. Yeah. Poor old Maria Menounos. I, do they not like her or do they not like the phrase women's revolution? Because it was, <laughs> she said women's revolution and everyone kind of went, ugh. <laughs> and she went, she said, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I. It was the way she introduced people that I liked. Yeah. It was particularly at the end when Rousey debuted. And as I say, because I've rewatched this before I came in, because it just really made me chuckle. She literally goes, Ronda Rousey. Uh, what a, it was like Howard Finkel. Well, like, that's why I thought she was channeling the Fink. She went a bit more nasal. <laughs> she dropped an octave. Uh, you know, Sasha Banks. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, like, she, she wasn't a good ring announcer. I got a bit of a kick out of it. But I, yeah, I, I enjoyed her presence and <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed, because you know, she's a big fan. She's a big, she so, was having a whale of a time. So like, and she got to sit at ringside and take selfies. Yeah, uh, there's a, have you seen the picture of Ronda Rousey on the top of the stage and like loads of press taking pictures of her? And how you take pictures these and days? And Triple H with the <laughs> with the camera just pointing round the corner. What a guy! What a guy! Uh, so yes, Charlotte and Alexa Bliss come down. We, we'll just speed through this because it's not a particularly good rumble. I thought uh, Charlotte uh, and Alexa Bliss are sitting at ringside with their belts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the same. Charlotte couldn't have been in the rumble because that would have made it. You know, she is the biggest star in women's wrestling in like WWE today, so that would have given, hmm. made it feel better. It's almost as if you should have just kept the belt on Natalia and built up Charlotte <laughs> yeah. winning the belt. Or kept Charlotte heel. Uh, so Sasha Banks first in some great Wonder Woman gear. Yep. That always gets me going. Uh, number two, Becky Lynch. Then Sarah Logan, Mandy Rose. So oh, actually, in- Sa- Sarah Logan, I mean, not great. But did that headbutt she did, where she sort of like lifted them up and then headbutted them, that was a really nice little spot. Sarah Logan's actually pretty good, I think. Stephanie, at this point, is just making ooh noises. <laughs> or or like, you know, people will be saying something and she'll go, oh, what, what, watch out. Oh, uh, yeah. And the amount of time she was like, oh, she's giving... No, she's okay. Just... Not, <laughs> I don't want from commentators... What I would get from people sitting around me. I want like actual insight. Like, oh, 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 close one. Because <laughs> it's not like, oh, you're not I'm just like happy to see people. Mm. Uh, she's not adding anything. No. But number five, really good surprise return, just because of the Raw 25 stuff and how she was on the commemorative chairs. And she was like, thanks for not inviting me, guys. At least I was on the chairs. It was Lita. Yeah. But like, was that late in the day after all the kick uh, everyone kicked off on Twitter Mm -hmm. about her not being included or was it longer in the works to throw people off and number six Kyrie Sane being totally awesome this is where it really picked up for me because Kyrie Sane is so great she just came in and was just like an instant star Mm. and she just ran wild all of her moves looked crisp they looked so great she was absolutely awesome and then you got Michael Cole you know, she is the pirate princess. Michael Cole called her um, a yacht persona. A yacht persona. Mm. What is a yacht persona? It's not. It doesn't really make any sense, does it? You can be a yacht person. Yeah. You can have a yacht persona. I mean, she. He essentially said, in so many words, she's got a boat gimmick. Mm. 
Maybe that's in brackets. <laughs> Next, you know, in all his notes. Yeah. Yacht persona. Yacht persona. She's from the sea. Yacht persona. Uh, yeah, so Tamina came out all in white. Uh, then Lita g- gave everyone twist of fate and she hit a terrible moonsault. Oh, my Lord. She, like, nearly killed herself, herself as well as Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch when she did this moonsault. Yeah. The crowd chanting, you still got it. I respectfully disagree. Yeah. She was all over the show. Like, it's like she just... I'm surprised she got over in the last, like, eighth of a second of that thing. <laughs> because it looked like she was just going onto the back of her head. But that's how she's... And then all- the camera... Ca- yeah, I guess that's so. That's how she's always done moonsaults. It's an amazing thing as well. It's We said this when we did the review of um, Halloween Havoc 98. Back in, like, that sort of era, when you watched Billy Kidman doing Shooting Star Press... You're like, oh, that's the most incredibly athletic thing I've ever seen. You watch it now and you're like, that's a dreadful shooting star press because yeah. essentially just falls forward. And it's the same with Lita when she hit, no hit a moonsault. You were like, oh my God, Lita did a moonsault. She's so amazing. You watch it now and you're like, dearie me, that is a very horrible moonsault. Wow, things have progressed. Things that have progressed. Form has moved on. Yeah. Uh, Dana Brooke, who eliminates Kyrie Sane. Tamina to, uh, was eliminated as well. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so was Lisa actually. Becky eliminated her. Uh, Liv more Liv Morgan. No, I've missed you know, someone else. You said uh, Dana Brooke came out at number eight, yeah. um, and then she eliminated Kyrie Sane because. I mean, yeah, she was doing really well. So let's have the probably maybe mm. the least over person in the match to to eliminate her. It's all okay though. Number nine was Tori Wilson. You popped into my mind, my friend. As soon as Tori Wilson's music hit, I was like, well, Ollie's going to be very happy when he watches she this the following day. should have won. <laughs> uh, number 10 was Ty Dillinger. I mean, Sonia Deville. Yep, she eliminated Tori. That, that Tor- joke went down well. Usually <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. you laugh at stuff. Well, yeah. I thought that was a good one. No, that's fine. Uh, she eliminated, uh, well, Sonia eliminated um, Tori. So biggest she's obviously heel. Biggest heel for you. Uh, Tori eliminated Dana as well at this point as well. That was actually the other thing I thought about the women's match. A lot of um, a lot of eliminations for the legends, particularly yeah. one which we'll come on to in a minute, who, yeah. uh, who had, I think she had the most eliminations. Yep, she did. Yeah, because a lot, one of them was a combined effort. Uh, Liv Morgan, Molly Holly, who was probably the best... Uh, in ring wise of the returning legends yeah and her molly go round would have been better if Sasha Banks was in position Mm. Um, because she more or less got her Um, but yeah it was a little bit um, a little bit difficult to watch then Lana with some big Rusev Day chants from the crowd the Riot Squad and Absolution Faction start to work together a bit here presumably because they can't tell the difference there was a moment in this when um what's her name Liv Morgan yes and Sonya Deville were working together and my first thought was like that's because they're on the same team yeah yeah and I, it took me a little moment to be like oh no that's no Liv Sarah, Lo- Sarah Logan's the other one uh, then we got Michelle McCool oh. who eliminates three people right out of the she eliminates four she eliminates Liv oh, Morgan right Sonya Deville Molly Holly and Lana in quick succession because I mean uh, I mean, it's almost as if she might have a famous husband mm. who works for the company. I mean, I'm, I'm guess I'm, I wouldn't say that's why she got the biggest push. Also, when she came out, Michael Cole said she might be the best pure athlete in uh, the women's division. The women's division yeah. has ever had. Boulder dash, mate. Boulder uh, dash. 
So then we got Ruby. She was awful. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's weirdly how she's placed in, in the uh, revised history of WWE. Yeah. Then Ruby Riot at number 15. Mm-hmm. Vicky Guerrero, which was actually a very fun Lovely surprise. Lovely stuff. At number 16. She's just yelling, excuse me, over and over again. And this was where Michelle McCool went on to become the, to hold the, to set the record. I should say, yep. for most women's Royal Rumble eliminations ever because everyone ganged up on Vicky Guerrero to very carefully <laughs> tip her over <laughs> yeah. the top rope. Yeah. Uh, help her out the ring, they did. Yeah, almost. they did. Uh, so, yeah, that that brought Michelle's to five eliminations, whereas Nia Jax would only get four in total. Uh, then we got Carmella, who Vicky knocked out with the Money in the Bank briefcase. It was a bit mean. Mm, then Natalia... Uh, the welcoming committee imploded. She did because Natalia beat her up as well. Mm. As so, Carmella throws Natalia down and gets in. Kelly Kelly came in, botched her first spot. Oh man! Like, I've, my only note here is that Kelly is still awful. Yeah, I've, it it really like brought back memories of just those awful Kelly Kelly matches that we had to sit through for however many years. And I was standing there, I was like. I don't know how we managed this for mm. so long. She was... By going to the toilet. She was so bad. She was yeah. really bad here. Uh, then we got... Uh, yeah, so she she just got stuck on the top rope in that first spot. Then out came Naomi. And Natty eliminated Michelle McCall. And uh, Ruby eliminates Becky, which was, you know, annoying, but hopefully that actually leads to something on SmackDown. Number 21, Jacqueline. Jacqueline came At out. 54 years old. Yeah. That's crazy. It's crazy. Well, I mean, I'll tell you what's crazy. Kelly Kelly's 31. She's basically the same age as me. <laughs> no. which, which I found baffling. <laughs> she's, meant, she's meant to be like, quote unquote, a legend. Yeah. A retired legend. Yeah, she's younger than me. She's had all that career so far. What a wrestler. What a, what a wrestler. Um, Jackie Jacks, are you going to Jackie, they pointed out, um, lost her women's championship to Stephanie McMahon. Hmm. Uh, Nia Jax at number 22. She eliminated Jacqueline, Kelly Kelly, and Ruby Riot. Yep. And she tried to eliminate Naomi, but Naomi landed on the barricade after well, sort of she, landing on all yeah, the Yeah, she landed on all the women, and then they pushed her onto the barricade. So Naomi is going to get the Kofi spots mm. in Women's Royal Rumbles in future. Uh, and then Ember Moon came out at number 23, really selling her arm injury from the previous night. What a worker. Uh, yeah, she was really good. I said yesterday in the NXT review how Ember Moon doesn't really connect with me. I really liked her here. I, re- I thought she was great. And there was a really great <laughs> spot later on in this that I really enjoyed. Then Naomi walks the barricade, so does like a tightrope thing, gets on a chair at ringside and sort of uses her arms to pull herself along using the, the chair as as the wheels for her legs and then she gets up and she gets into the ring and then she's immediately thrown out by Nia Jax when she was on the chair dragging herself along and she moved on to the, and she proper celebrated when she got onto the ring steps Stephanie McMahon said what an athlete what an athlete <laughs> what an athlete and at number 24 we got Beth Phoenix and there was a really cool stare off here between the Glamazon and Nia Jax Love this, this is awesome yeah. chance from the crowd this was great mm. such a good little spot this um, and then Natty uh, so Beth the Phoenix and, Nat- and Natalia are IRL best friends they're like really close friends mm-hmm. and they had this really nice sort of like hugging moment Beth almost had tears in her eyes really sweet moment and then Natty eliminated her yeah because she's a heel she's a heel like uh, you know that would if only all sort of tag team friendship turns were like that in Rumbles. Then we got Asuka coming out. I was out. so surprised she came in late. Hmm. Really surprised she came in really late into it. Uh, 
yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I guess so, yeah. And but then we got this great after Asuka took out loads of people. We had Ember Moon and Asuka facing off, and this was by far the best thing in the match. Uh, yeah, but it, it was, was really, really cool. It was really cool, but it does like this. Okay, so I mean, I've my memory of this is very, very foggy. I really liked like they had to stare down and I got like a bit excited but I've written here um, Ember Moon hits the eclipse yeah Asuka eliminates Ember and I'm like how did these two connect where Ember Moon hits her finish on Asuka but Asuka eliminates her a bruise like a finish that's been very well built up on NXT very as well, well protected and yeah Asuka just gets up like it was a nothing move and throws her out Japanese can no sell we know that <laughs> uh, then we got Mickey James coming out who are you <laughs> This is a bit embarrassing. I thought it was a nostalgia entry. I also thought the same. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, they brought Nikki, Mickey oh, James back. That's nice for her. <laughs> then we got Nikki Bella. We got John Cena sucks chance for that. Yep. Nikki stares down Charlotte on the outside. And then we got yeah, eliminates uh, Carmella. Brie Bella. Brie mode. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes chance for Brie Bella. So the Bella twins are in there now. And you know what? Like seeing the Bella twins in there, an act that I despised for so long. Uh, absence does make the heart grow fonder because I was like huh, the Bella twins I miss these two just you then just me. oh I thought uh, yeah, yeah that was fine I did I wouldn't want to see them till the final three <laughs> but it was nice to see them team up again yeah uh, and then we got Bailey and, and then, then at number 30 we got Trish Stratus uh, the Bailey entry again yeah. I was like oh it would probably be another surprise entrance and then Bailey came in I was like I forgot Bailey was in this match. I I genuinely forgot Bailey was uh, meant to be in this, and I felt really bad for her because, boy howdy, was she a non-entity in yeah. this? She, like she did nothing, absolutely diddly squat, and was then just eliminated. Yeah, but and you're absolutely right. Number thirty, I so they were counting down for the number thirty spot. I turned to my friend and I was like, Rousey, Trish, or Steph, and then when it was Trish, I was like. Oh, well, A, Steph didn't get into the match, which I thought would have been a really nice little heat magnet thing. And it obviously means that Rousey isn't here. Mm. Fair enough. I'm really happy to see Trish. And Trish looked great. Trish, actually, was great in this. Yeah. I thought she she was awesome. Uh, But, you know, and I'll I'll bring this up now. So this was, uh, in addition to the whole nostalgia feel of the Rumble, the Women's Rumble, which, you know, undermines it a lot for me, uh, was also the fact that a, a lot of these women can just come back in and go toe-to-toe and eliminate active current wrestlers. Yeah. And I, I, I know this is a huge part of wrestling. Goldberg can come back. He's just as good as he was before, despite not wrestling for all this time. The Rock, Batista. But they're just one at a time. This was 11 people coming back and being just as good as the current day roster, and it really, it really started to grate on me after a while. Uh, you know, pick, but just, like I said, make it twenty people. What, and... Why didn't they give the most elimination spots to someone who's on the active roster? That's something that they can use as part of their character mm. moving forward. I got the most eliminations in the first ever Women's Royal Rumble. Like that's something you can use. But no, that that belongs to Michelle McCool, who'll probably never be in a Rumble again. Yeah. So. Uh... But we, we got this great Mickey and Trish Stratus face off. Loved this. Yeah, this. This was, was really so great. Crowd were into it as well. Yeah. Mickey restrained herself from uh, doing any sexual don't face want moments. There were more stuff cut from the network. No, and, uh, and then Trish eliminated Mickey. Everyone beats up Naya. Sasha uh, eliminates Bailey. So Naya spent a lot of the time on the outside. You know, she, you know, go through mm-hmm. the, not the top rope. 
and I've written here typical Samoan spending most <laughs> of the match on the outside like <laughs> Rome, rains that year Roman sleeping my <laughs> all time favourite chance uh, Sasha eliminates Bailey, her best friend yep you what know. this really did feel like it was a heel turn for Sasha Banks particularly when she was with the Bella Twins yeah yeah really she was really like, bossing it up yeah and like as soon as she started doing it I was like oh this is why we liked Sasha Banks yeah yeah this is a great Sasha Banks not just happy smiley Sasha Banks the boss this is the character we liked I really hope this plays into something on Raw on uh, tonight I guess yeah Uh, Trish eliminates Natalia Uh, Trish and Sasha Banks have a face off and Trish does the Sasha thing where she does the the Mm. little hip that got me going and Uh, then uh, she went to do the Stratisfaction problem with that is that you have to get both of your feet up onto the top rope to be able to do it and so Sasha was able to just put her hand underneath Mm. and throw her out nice little elimination I thought it was a nice little moment so uh, their teaser moment with Asuka going against the Bellas uh, where where Sasha was going to team with Asuka Asuka, what did I just say Sasha was going to team with Asuka against the Bellas but then Sasha again quite heelish and boss like turns on Asuka and then you get uh, the the Bellas should not have been the the final in the final three against Asuka because we all need, like you know it's very telling who's who the winner's going to be are you also going to get um, super angry at a, in a moment when one of them eliminates <laughs> the other because that was a throwaway <laughs> thing uh, yeah Nikki partner. Nikki eliminated Brie Bella yeah uh, after which you know does make no sense apparently because you would use the advantage to get rid of Asuka first apparently it was something that was shot for Total Divas because I, they're, I they're not uh, Total Bellas rather um, that they're going to use it as a storyline mm. and like act like it was real yeah uh, reality TV so then uh, Asuka and Nikki find themselves on the ring apron Asuka kicks out Nikki's leg and Asuka is the the winner yeah a bit of a damp squib ending but um, I enjoyed the match overall I thought it was it was fun I, I, you know I popped for all the nostalgia stuff problem was is like when you're looking at this for this time next year when you do the second Women's Royal Rumble is man alive you need a bigger roster you need so much more depth than you currently have because you've got it, it exposes how shallow the pool is it's you can't do it in this stage so you've got to have some more women. you've got to have more bodies that you can use the roster if they were to do this next year they need to at least double it um in order to be able to do this properly next year i don't think that's gonna i don't think you can do that because there's only so much there's only so many women segments you can have it makes me sound a bit backwards <laughs> uh but i'd, I'd, I'd be a, a, a lot more in favor of making it a 20 20 woman rumble but i i didn't think i would enjoy two rumble matches in the same show and I did. I so. yeah. I I thought I would do, and yeah, I w- I was happy to report that I was. Um, and I was a bit concerned on that, especially after how much I really enjoyed the men's one. Mm. And I was, and I even said, I was like, man, the women's have got a, the women have got a tough act to follow here. But because it was the first one, and yeah, you had all these sort of like nostalgia moments, and you had the the NXT call ups and stuff. I just thought it was it was a a fun little outing, and I really enjoyed having two rumbles. Uh, yes, yeah, so. We'll just do this bit very quickly because yeah. it's been covered very much elsewhere. I actually clicked off of the, I, you know, I still had it playing, but I was like, you know, I started to start researching the news episode to get some stories for that. And I see on the, on like, just on Google, this huge picture of Ronda Rousey. And I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> Oh man! Why is you know I didn't even see the headline, but you know when it's on the, when Ronda Rousey is on the front page of something, I'm like, 
well, I, I, can, I can put two and two together here. Yeah. I closed it, and then, yeah, I, I waited around, and Ronda Rousey came out. So Ronda Rousey, Rowdy R- uh, Ronda R- Rowdy, Ronda Rousey, Christ. You know, it's right, Rowdy Ronda Rousey. Yeah, just said, it's a bit of a tongue twister. Yeah, I thought Corey Graves said, said something wrong when he said it. Mm. It was, uh, you know, it was good. It was. It's good she's there, but it was, a, it was slightly awkward. Mad awkward. Mm. Okay, so, as I said, I've watched this twice. This, the first time I watched it, it was like, oh my God, Ronda Rousey's here, and Jonah Jett's filling the arena, and a wicked song, I'm a big fan of that song, and it was just great, it was like, seeing Ronda there, she just looked awesome, she had this big old jacket on, she had a ra- you know, rowdy's jacket on, she went round there, and she pointed at the sign, and they had the really great moment with her going to shake Asuka's hand, and Asuka kind of slapping it away, and then she went out and she shook uh, Stephanie's hand, and you know, this and the other, and I was like, okay, that, that was fine. I watched it today, it's hilarious. Mm. It's so funny. And it's wonderful. Because Rousey comes out. And I think the planet, or the thing, the intention was, she was meant to look like a badass. Mm. She was meant to walk out like the female Brock Lesnar and just be tough girl. But she was so thrilled to be there that she couldn't help but smile. And then mm. she was just smiling. Which then when she got into the ring to do her point to the, um, point to the WrestleMania sign... Like, just superhero Dragon Ball Z. Just, like, the most dramatic point. She pointed so hard, the sign nearly fell down. Yeah. It was wonderful. I, I would watch this over and over and over again because it made me laugh so much. Mm. I had so much fun with this. I'm glad she didn't debut in the Rumble because, I, you know, I don't think you could have done that and protected Asuka and, and make all the other parts work. Uh, but this was, you know, this was... It was a debut. It was certainly a debut. It's it, a debut that I will remember. Yeah, it's not. It's it's always going to be a talking point. It it wasn't like it didn't harm anyone, but it was like you say, so, so goofy, awful. especially because like the it felt like the music played first and the camera was slightly on the wrong camera. It was the AJ debut? Yeah, and the and the Titan Tron showed the name and people popped and you didn't know what was happening and the handshake with stephanie mcmahon was weird like not a good intriguing weird just weird and she's walking around and you're thinking why is her coat so big and you find out later on that it's rowdy roddy piper's actual coat so you're like oh that's nice but yeah it looked weird when i first watched it it was just it was so many odd things going on at once oh it's so wonderful Mm. though i i i'm i love her more than anything i just thought she was just so great and it's we're in a bit of a weird situation now because the ending of the ending of the show she was standing there she was it almost felt like she was challenging one of the you know hey Asuka whoever you pick I'm going to take the other one mm. but rumour and innuendo is that's not the case the, the rumour and innuendo is it's Rousey and a partner possibly The Rock or they want The Rock versus Triple H and Stephanie at Wrestlemania which just makes that whole segment even weirder. Unless, of course, you're building towards Rousey versus Charlotte at SummerSlam, which so, is what I'd have liked. So PW Insiders say it's that one, and Wrestling Observer say it's the other one. I think they're hedging their bets, I think. You know, let's do a thing where it could be either one, because uh, they want Rock as the partner, yeah, and, and I, he might not be able to. And I thought this, this was a smart debut, in the sense that, you're right, they didn't debut in the Rumble, which protects Rousey, because if she came in and was just awful then that's all people have been talking about. Mm. It's like, man, Rousey had a really bad showing in the Rumble. But actually, everyone's just talking about, hey, Rousey debuted, and it's it's really cool. Look at all these exciting possibilities possibly going forward. Um, as we've gone quite long, but I suppose one discussion point I do want to ask you about. Did her debut take away from Asuka's win? Uh, 
Yeah, I suppose it did a bit. Yeah. Uh, weirdly, I don't think it would have taken away as much if the match was earlier in the night mm-hmm. and uh, the the men's rumble went on last. What would you give the show overall? Um, a thumbs up. I, I, out of five? I don't do out of fives. But yeah, you do every week for SmackDown. Oh, well, I suppose I do, don't I? Yeah. Um, oh, uh, God, I hadn't even thought about this. Maybe like a high or low core, maybe just because I enjoyed the men's yeah, match so far. Yeah, like a low core, I suppose. Thank you very much for listening to the Wrestle Ramble podcast. We will be back on uh, Wednesday with the Raw versus SmackDown review. Probably going to be quite a big talking week for this, although it's going to be very interesting what's going to happen on SmackDown, considering, oh, I suppose they've uh, got Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, and AJ Styles, but how are Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn going to fit into that? You've also got uh, what's going to happen next for for Brock Lesnar, how Finn Balor's going to be fitting into all this after his Iron Man performance, Asuka, and, I mean, let's just assume that Ronda Rousey is going to be a part of Raw. So it's going to be a big talking week for... uh, mm, Talking week? That's stuff bad it's going to be a lot to talk about come wednesday's episode we've had a long string of episodes so i hope you have enjoyed that if you have enjoyed that please let us know get in touch with us on the old social media channels and tell us what you want to hear from us at wrestle ramble wrestle talk as well check out the wrestle talk news check out the wrestle talk website which is now live wrestletalk.com and we will see you on wednesday love you bye Hey everybody, I'm John Cena, 16-time WWE champ, saying support Wrestle Talk because they talk about wrestling, and I like it. So do us all a favor and subscribe, please. And thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.